the son of her of the tribe of Judah. And I have, everybody say, filled him. I have filled him with the spirit of God in wisdom and in, notice these three words, in wisdom and in understanding and in knowledge. I'm going to go back to those later and you need to remember that God said he put in Bezalel wisdom, understanding and knowledge and in all manner of workmanship to devise cunning works, to work in gold and in silver and in brass. And in cutting of stones to set them. And in carving of timber to work in all manner of workmanship. My subject today for this anointing service is anointed to serve. We are anointed to serve. Would you just ask God to bless the preaching of his word now? Thank you Lord for your tremendous presence that's in this room. Lord, we sense you in such a strong and powerful way. And I'm asking God that you would help us right now. In the name of Jesus, I pray it. Amen. God bless you. You may be seated. Thank you so much for your worship today. Thank you so much for standing. On a day that was perhaps... Unlike any other day, a man gets up early in the morning. He rolls out of bed and he begins his day by offering thanksgiving to God. Because he is a man who knows what it is to live a life of captivity. He's a man that knows what it was to be bound. And to be set under the cruel bondage of the taskmasters of Egypt. And so when he rolls out of bed and he, beget, and he gets ready to begin to do what he's going to do in that day. It's no simple thing to him. It's no, it's no everyday occurrence to him. Because he's going to do something for himself. When it used to be that he had to work under the bondage of Egypt. And so he is very happy to get up out of bed and to go work with his hands to bring uh, provision to his family. And so he begins to give God glory. Thank you, Lord, for where you have brought us from. Thank you, God, that I am no longer where I used to be. Thank you, God, that you've had your hand on my life and upon my family's life. Thank you, God. That you have shown your face upon us. And the light of heaven has directed our paths. And today, God, I'm a free man. Thank you, Jesus, that I get to look up at this sun today. And it's a sun that is shining on the face of a man who is not bound anymore by the things of yesterday. But I have been completely loosed. I wonder if there's anybody in this room today that feels that way on this Sunday. I just wonder if there's anybody that, that this morning you look around and, and we've been singing and we've been worshiping and we've had, it, we've had all levels. We've shouted and we've wept this morning. And I wonder if there's anybody that says, thank you, God, that I get to be in this place experiencing these things on this day. Because you know where you came from. 
and you know the bondage that you were under. And you know what used to have a hold of your life. You know what it was to be a slave to a bottle. You know what it was to be a slave to some drug or some addiction in your life. You know what it was to be a slave to the opinions of everybody else. But somewhere along the way, Jesus came and delivered you. And he brought you out of your Egypt. And he brought you to a place where he said, every day you get up, I'm going to take care of you. I'll be a rock that gives you water that will follow you. I'll be manna that rains down from heaven every day to feed you. And you are in this room today knowing that if it had not been for the Lord who was on your side, There's no telling what would have become of you And there's no telling what your life would be like today There's some of you in this room today You'd shudder to have to tell your children What their life would be like If it had not been for Jesus Who was on your side But you're here in this room today And you're giving great praise to a great God Is anybody glad for what the Lord has done in their life? Hallelujah on this day, this man gets up, he, he thanks God, and he steps outside of his tent. And when he does, he's greeted by the sights and the sounds and the smells to which he is becoming accustomed. It is just, he thinks, it's just going to be another day of freedom. It's going to be another day where the Lord has loosed him and let him go. And I'm going to stop and tell you right now, God doesn't just loose us and let us go to serve no purpose. When Jesus was going to come into Jerusalem for that triumphant entry, Jesus told his disciples, go to the place where two ways meet. And you'll find a donkey there and you'll find her colt upon whom a man has never sat. Loose them and bring them to me. He didn't loose them just to loose them. Do you catch this? He did not loose them just so that they would not be tied up any longer. But he loosed them to bring them to him so that he could use them for his holy purpose. And so Jesus rode on that colt into Jerusalem. And it was a day of shouting, a day of victory. Thank God for that day. And so this man, this man, the Lord hasn't loosed him just to become accustomed to a new life but God has something very special for him to do so he he gets up he's gone outside and he begins to make his way to the place of his craft to the place where he does the work that has become the norm of his life and he sets about preparing for the day ahead there are things that he must do things that he must fix things that he must build and craft For he is an artisan. He is a master of his craft. And working things of wood and stone and jewels and precious metals. This is what he does. There will be a fire he must make. uh, Upon which he will heat the elements of his trade. In order to make them useful for the purposes for which he has commissioned them. There are hammers that he needs to get set out. There are chisels that must needs be sharpened. These are the things he does to get ready to do his job. And he is hard at work about all of these tasks when suddenly there is a shadow that falls across the entrance of that place of where he works. And glancing up, 
Bezalel expects to see another customer. But he is shocked to see that this is no ordinary visitor that has come to him. But this, in fact, is the man called Moses. He is the man that God has uh, ordained to lead Israel from the place of bondage to the promised land. He is the man that God sent to Pharaoh as their ambassador to declare to him, let my people go. And so when he looks up and he sees Moses, and he knows that Moses is a man that's very busy, he's hurried, he has very little time to waste, he's judging an entire nation of people. What on earth could Moses be doing here in my shop on this particular day? What is he here for? And Moses looks at him and he says, Bezalel, I've come today because the Lord sent me here. And Bezalel, I know that you're a skilled master of your craft. And you're very good at what it is that you do. And I, you have a reputation, Bezalel, that you do everything with excellence. And, and uh, with, I, I, I'm thankful for that. But today, this morning, in fact, Bezalel, in prayer, the Lord spoke to me. And the Lord told me that he had something greater for you than just to make another urn or just to make another bowl. He has something greater for you than just to create another table and a set of chairs, Bezalel. But God said he's put an anointing on your life. And he wants you to be the one that will lead the work in the tabernacle that we are to build. God has given to me, Bezalel, the dimensions of that tabernacle. God has given to me the furniture that we must prepare for that place in all of the vessels. And so, Bezalel, I've come to tell you today, it's time for you to realize there is more to your life than just building tables and chairs. But God has a purpose for you, Bezalel, that is beyond anything that you ever could have imagined. One of the things I'd like to point out to you today is this. God did not call a man who didn't know what he was doing. But God called a man who, had a, a, who was bent toward a particular area. He was good at that particular thing. And God said, I'll take what you're good at and I'll make you great. And God said, I'll take, Bezalel, the things that you have learned and I'll put something on your life that is beyond talent. I'll put something on your life that is beyond natural ability. I'll put my anointing on you, Bezalel. And you're about to go to another level. And the reason for it is because it's going to be used in my service. When God calls us, God has a way of taking us and using and anointing the things that we are already good at. God knows who you are. Now, I want to stop and say this this morning. We need to be real careful that we don't measure ourselves among ourselves. Shame on you if you're mad because you can't do something else as good as somebody else. Shame on you. And this is what we tend to do. We tend to, cre we tend to create our own dreams, don't we? When I was a kid growing up, I was going to be a baseball player. And I was going to be the best one you ever saw. Somebody told me short guys couldn't play baseball professionally. But I'll have you know, last year the Astros won the World Series. That's my hometown. The Astros won the World Series. And, and one of the guys that led them there is a guy named uh, Altuve. And he's about my height. 
And I, and I, just, I just was thankful he was representing all of us. <laughs> but when I was a kid, I had a dream I was going to do that. My wife laughs at me because um, uh, I, I do this. I prob- the first couple times to do it, I was probably doing it just because I really thought I could. But now it's become a running joke in our family that if I see something going on that looks interesting, I'll say, boy, I could have done that. I'd have been a real good whatever, you know. Well, I'd have been, I'd have been a good cowboy. I'd have been a good cowboy. And, uh, and I'll say, well, I could have been a good detective. I could have, man, I, I, I see right through people and, and stuff. I'm telling you, I could have been good. I could have been a great attorney, you know, and, and, also, and we, we joke about all that. A lot of times we create our own dreams. And then we get frustrated when the things we want to be, what we have uh, a natural talent for, aren't the things we have a natural talent for. And so don't be upset if you can't sing as good as so-and-so. Or you can't play as good as so-and-so. I, there's some people, I told, um, I told somebody in this church not too long ago, I, they got up and they spoke and said something, and I said, you know what, you're so articulate. And somebody that was standing there said, I know, I wish I was that articulate, and I said, me too. It'd be nice to be an articulate preacher every once in a while. And I, I was a little bit jealous, you know, they got up and it just flowed out of them, and and I thought, boy, it'd be ni- I'm a preacher. It'd be nice if I could just let it flow out of me like that, you know. Let me tell you something right now. Quit measuring yourself among others. And start looking for the areas in which God has given you ability. And then say, God, if, if you can use their talent to glorify your kingdom, then surely, God, you can take the things I'm good at and you can use it to glorify your kingdom. We better get past, and I think in this church we have, because I've tried to preach against it, but let me just say it again. We'd better get past thinking that the only things that are really ministry are what happen on a platform. We'd better get over that real quick. Because, because 99% of ministry doesn't take place on a platform. It takes place among our brothers and our sisters in the world that we interact with. And I am praying to God that today we get a revelation that God can and God will use us. And so Bezalel is called uh, by God and Abraham comes and he lets him know that it is time for him to come and begin to direct the building of the tabernacle. There were many different vessels of many different shapes and sizes and uses that were contained within that house of God. I want you to think about this with me. Where in the world did those vessels come from? Where did those things uh, that they used in the worship of the Lord, where did they originate from? Well, I'm going to tell you where they came from. They were made from the gold and the silver and the precious stones that were given to the Israelites as they left Egypt. They came from a place of idolatry and they came from a place of worldliness. But in the master's hands, they were repurposed to do the work of the Lord. Please don't ever look around at anything we do in this church. I got on this a little bit Wednesday night. And you need to go listen to Wednesday night's message if you haven't. You need to listen to it because it's something we all need to hear. 
But I got to dealing on some things Wednesday night. Please don't ever look around here. I know we use some things to help us out a little bit. We've got anybody thankful for the music that we heard this morning? Absolutely. Anybody thankful? I'll tell you who's real thankful. It's me, the sound system that I don't have to screen so everybody can hear me. I already wake up Monday mornings with no voice. I don't need it any worse than it is. I'm thankful for that. I'm thankful for our lights and the different things we do that help set a mood and an atmosphere in here. Don't ever look at those things and, and think, my goodness, if, if the Lord can take the, the idolatrous vessels of Egypt and say we're going to take those and repurpose them to be used in the worship of the one true living God. There's not a thing that we've got or we take that we can't turn it and use it to be used for the glory of God. And so we, we, we are in this place today, surrounded by all these things that some of them have been repurposed. That's what happened in the tabernacle. They were repurposed. And, and um, I'm going to tell you today, the Bible says that in a great house, there are vessels of honor and there are vessels of dishonor. There are vessels of earth and stone and then that there are vessels of of gold and silver. What the Lord is saying is that don't ever get messed up because somebody gets their vessel off track a little bit. Don't ever get to looking around and say, well, I'm frustrated because in the church I go to, there's a hypocrite in it. We got any hypocrites in here? No, don't raise your hand. <laughs> don't raise your hand on that, Okay. Don't ever get frustrated with somebody and say, you know, well, they're not all that they that they appear to be and and keep that from allowing you to serve God. You need to make up your mind. You're going to serve God no matter what, because the Bible said in a great house. There's vessels of honor. There's still some vessels of dishonor. But if the Lord will help us, we're all going to keep working toward honor until we get where we need to be. Amen. I don't know why God would choose me, but I'm thankful he did. You and I could have been any ordinary vessel in any ordinary tent, yet he called us for his chosen purpose in this, his chosen place. And just like God anointed Bezalel with a specific anointing that was unique to him, so he would be able to serve a specific and unique purpose. I am telling you today that God is calling you and anointing you today with a specific and a unique anointing so that you will be able to serve God in unique and specific places in this local assembly. We need everybody in this church to serve. We need everybody in this church to get on board and say, I'm going to make sure that the house of God that I worship in, it is a place where no matter who it is that comes in here, it doesn't matter if they're old, if they're young. It doesn't matter if they're rich or if they're poor. It doesn't matter if they come from this side of town or that side of town. It really doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what language they speak. It doesn't matter what culture or ethnicity or color that they are. It doesn't not matter but in this church I'm going to do my part to make sure that everybody can come find Jesus and everybody can learn that he wants to save them and that he wants to use them for his holy purpose 
I tell you today that when the anointing of God comes upon a person, it changes that individual from being a small, ordinary person into being a giant, supernatural individual. When God's anointing comes upon you, everything in your life will change. And there may be things that you had talent in, but when God's anointing comes on you, there's just something different about it. Isn't that the truth? We, we live in a world that loves celebrities, don't they? Boy, they love celebrities. And, and uh, I was thinking about Brother Doug Morgan, who preached here, and he talked about being in the airport, and he said I was coming out of the bathroom, and I opened the bathroom door, and when I did, I almost knocked a man over. He said he was, he was kind of frail and uh, hunched over, and he said I almost knocked him over, and I reached out and said, oh, I am so sorry, sir. And he said, I looked at him, and he said, sir, are you Muhammad Ali? And Muhammad Ali almost got knocked down by Doug. <laughs> and he's older in life and, and he's frail. And, and Doug said, he said, I was going to get my picture taken with him. So I handed my phone to so I said, can I get And he handed his phone. Somebody was going to get his picture. And he said, right as I do, he said, some woman comes and jumps in that picture with us. And she was, she was not dressed appropriately. And she jumped, and he said, now who am I going to show that picture to now? <laughs> so, I don't know what he did with the picture, but he didn't put it on social media, I know that. Um, we live in a world that, that loves to run into a celebrity, see a celebrity. Was that so-and-so? Was that this person? Was that that person? We're just consumed with celebrity but i'm going to tell you it doesn't matter how good they are at their craft there is something about being so around somebody who is anointed of god and when the anointing of god has come on your life and god has taken your hands and blessed them by his spirit and he has caused you to be able to do things that nobody else can. I know there's some good singers out there. But I, I'd put anybody that sang on this platform today up against any of them. Because when these voices are raised before the Lord. There's a glory of God that begins to fall. And I thank God for the difference that the anointing makes. And so I declare to you today. We must have the anointing of God. And the Lord said everything that is going to go into that tabernacle is going to be made by somebody that has an anointing on their life already. He said then you're going to take those vessels and you're going to put another anointing on the vessels. And what was ordinary is going to become great. Everybody that God called and anointed... Let me tell you who, who God calls and who God anoints. Everyone in Scripture that God ever anoints, they're people who were busy about doing the things they were already called to do. Bezalel, in his shop, working the things he did. And God says, all right, Bezalel, now I want to use you. You can take a King Saul who was out 
looking for his father's donkeys that had gotten away, that humble man. And the Lord told Samuel, that man who's out doing what he's supposed to be doing, he's a faithful man. He's taking care of his obligations. I want you to let him know I've called him to be king. Go anoint him, Samuel, to be king. Later on, it would be David who God said, I called you, David, while I saw you following. Scripture always moves me. He said, I called you, David, to lead my people when I saw you following those ewes that were great with lamb. You, were, you, were, you knew that they were about to deliver and you wanted to be there to take care of them because you were diligent, David, to do what you had already been called by somebody else to do. And you were taking care of the thing, David, that had been put into your hands. Whatever your hands find to do, the Bible said, do it with all of your might. Do it with all of your strength. Give it everything you've got. And God said, David, I'll anoint a man like that. I'll anoint a man, David, who's willing to go to those lengths. Elisha was plowing in a field. He was plowing in a field with those oxen. And the prophet comes up to him. The prophet Elijah had already heard from God. He said, go to where Elisha is. You're going to find him plowing a field because God had already seen him at work doing what he needed to do. He said, take your mantle and when you come up behind him, just slip it over his shoulders and let him know that I am calling him to do my work. Elisha was anointed while he was working. It was Isaiah who was in the temple taking care of the things that he was supposed to take care of. And while he's in there, he said, I saw the Lord high and lifted up. And his train filled the temple. He said there were angels flying around. And all these wonderful things happening. And he said, I heard a voice say, who who will go? Who can I send? And Isaiah, who was just busy doing the work of God, he said, here am I, Lord. Send me. God is looking for people who are already busy about their father's business. And if we'll just get to doing what God has already called us to do, I have come to tell you today that there's an anointing getting ready to come over your life today. You may have been singing. You may have been teaching. You may have been doing all kinds of things, serving in this church. And I tell you today get ready because before we walk out of these doors today God is going to take your effort and he's going to combine it with his anointing and God is going to take you to another level God is going to take you to anointed level David was seen and anointed by God on a hillside but later on God said Samuel I want you to go confirm it as well so you may be anointed by God, but today you're getting ready to be anointed by man. Because there are two anointings that we must get a hold of. There is the anointing that comes from God, and there is the anointing that comes from man. If you are a leader in this church, now I'm preaching right now, and, and I'm going to take just a, a real quick detour to teach something. Please hear what I say. If you're a leader in this church or you aspire to ever be a leader in this church, you need to understand something. It's one thing to be anointed by God. But God said, I want to make sure that you're anointed by the people too. It's written in, this is very interesting. It's written in the Sanhedrin that when the Lord came to Moses, he said, Moses, Bezalel is the man that I want to do all this work in the tabernacle. And he asked Moses, he said, Moses, how do you feel about that? 
Isn't that something? The Lord said, Moses, what do you think about it? And Moses responded to the Lord and said, God, if you, if that is who you have chosen, who am I to stand against it? And the rabbinical historical record says that the Lord told Moses, I want you to still go ahead and make sure that the elders of Israel would be in agreement with this. Why? Because God knew that if they were going to get behind that man and work with him, they had to be behind somebody they respected. So I'm, I'm taking a detour from preaching to teach and tell you this. If you're a leader in this church, it's one thing to have God's anointing. And you can, you can bump your gums about having God's anointing. But God also wants you to have the people's anointing. And so you've got to have a good spirit. You've got to have a good spirit. We don't need any leadership or anybody involved in any ministry of this church who has a bad attitude. Is this all right? I feel, I feel good. We're going to walk in this a little bit, okay? We don't need anybody that's got a bad attitude. We don't need you running anybody down. We don't need you, we don't need you saying, well, they don't do it the way I do it, and because they don't do it the way I do it, I'm gonna, I just don't like them. What kind of world, church would this church be if everybody in it were just like me? Oh, Lord, help us. No, no, amen me. <laughs> no, I know what you mean. We've got to work together. And we've got to have a good spirit. And we've got to make sure that sometimes that means, sometimes that means you learn how to take the low road. And sometimes that means that, that Every, you may want it one way, but somebody else wants it another way. But because that's your brother and your sister, you don't want to get in a tiff over it. And so you say, you know what? We can do it that way. That's real good stuff. And we need our leaders in this church to understand it's important that you have the people's anointing too. And if, and if, you can't get, if nobody can get along with you and, everybody's, and you're always having issues with people, it might be that you need to find an altar and say, God, help me to become what I need to be so that I can not only have your anointing, but I can have their anointing as well. And uh, the Lord told Moses, he said, until we get both anointings, we can't go forward with this. Yet those people were able to rally behind Bezalel. So I am telling you that what we are doing here today, it matters. What we're doing here today, this is not just some grand ceremony to go through so that we can, we can uh, have some sort of a special service or event. This is not merely form or fashion, but it is us continuing in the unique God plan in which we pray for the leaders that God has given us to help lead the body of Christ with which we have to do. Sunday school teachers, we need you anointed. You've got our babies back there. And you are investing in them. And you are speaking into their spirit. We need you to be anointed. Praise team, we've got to have you anointed. When you sing, you are not here to entertain us. But when you sing, you are here to lead us into the throne room of heaven. We need you to be anointed. Ministers in this church, when you preach, when you teach, we need you anointed. You are speaking words of life. You are speaking of eternal things of value. 
You are dealing with the holy and the sacred. When you speak to us, we need you to be anointed. We need you to give yourself to this. You have a high and a holy calling. Take heed. You have a high, you have a holy calling. So please take heed. It matters that we do this. It matters that we do this today. I would like to tell you that the flow of the anointing always provokes a deep desire to draw closer to God. So the more anointed that a church is, the more anointed that the leaders of a church are, the closer a church begins to draw toward God. Because when there's an anointing on your life, you want to get close to the source of that anointing. When there's an anointing on your life, you want to be near God. We don't need you carnal Monday through Saturday and suddenly try to get spiritual on Sunday. We need you to walk in the anointing of God every day that you get up. God didn't tell Bezalel just on the days that you're at the tabernacle working. That's the days. I'll let the anointing rest upon you, Bezalel. No, from that day forward, God said, I expect you to be different than you were prior to this moment. I want you to, I, I, I want you to live a life of spirituality and a life of drawing close to God. I'm not talking about being weird. We don't need anybody getting weird or kooky. Super spiritualizing everything. We don't need that. Folks, Jesus did not, Jesus was not weird. He was not kooky. And he did not super spiritualize everything. The things that needed to be spiritualized, he did. The things that didn't, he didn't. Pharisees got mad because they walked through a cornfield and picked corn and started eating it. And they got mad because uh, they, they did that on the Sabbath day. They hadn't washed their hands. And Jesus said, well, come on now. Would you just get real for a minute? So don't get weird. Don't get odd and make us regret we got you in a position of leadership. But get close to God. Spend time in prayer. Spend time in prayer. I've been so convicted lately. The Bible says that, that we will be judged by the saints of God. Anybody ever read that scripture? It says we'll be judged by the saints of God. And what it means is their life is going to, the Lord will use their life as a measuring stick to say, now they did this and they had the same difficulties and obstacles you had, but they didn't find excuse. They did it anyway. So I'm going to tell you who's been convicting me lately. It's this lady right here. Would you come here for a minute, babe? She won't like that I'm doing this, and I may get in trouble later. And I don't do this because I'm, I'm almost even hesitant to do this because I know the devil may try to attack after I say this. But if you ever need anybody to pray for you, you need to call her. What a woman of prayer she is. And I'm talking about mighty with God. She, when she prays a specific prayer, she usually tells me, Hey, babe, I'm praying for this. 
I just want you to know I've been praying for this. I can't tell you how many answered prayers we've seen around this church over the past several years. <laughs> they weren't my prayers. They were hers. She got to going before the throne room. And she got to talking to the Lord about it. Some of them took days. Some of them took weeks. Some of them took years. But you know what? We had one the other day. I wish I could just tell it to you. Like I, I, I can't. I don't. I don't have the liberty to tell it like I, I would love to. But we got a phone call not too long ago and somebody said, I just want you to know we've made this decision in, in our life and it was a huge thing, huge thing. And somebody that's not even living here anymore said, I just want you to know, made this change in my life. What that person didn't know is my wife had been praying for that for a long time. She'd been believing God it was going to change. And God answered that prayer. God answered that prayer. And several days a week, you could get up early if you want to and come by this church. And, and chances are you're going to find Sister Erica here praying. Because she gets up, typically she would get up at 6 in the morning at our house to get ready and go to work. But she's been doing something. She's been getting up an hour earlier every morning. And she could pray at home, and there'd be nothing wrong with that, and that's okay. But she said, I just feel like I need to go to the church and pray. And so it, when you walk in here on Wednesday and you walk in here on Sunday, you're walking into a room that's saturated in prayer. And there's others that have been doing it. And so I'm not taking anything away from them. I'm just talking about this lady right here that I know. And, and, and I thank God for her. You think... Do you think, babe, I'm going to tell you right now, I thank God for the way you play and I thank God for the way you sing. But if there is anything that you're anointed to do in this church right now, I believe you are anointed to pray things through that maybe somebody else don't have faith for. You've got the faith to do it and you can pray it through. There's an anointing on her to do that right now. I'm hungry for it not to be one, two, three, four. I'm hungry for people in this church to get ready for an anointing of God to come upon their life. That they say, Lord, let it change me. Let it drive me to the point, God, where it may move me out of my, 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 my comfort zone. But God, whatever you've got to do, I want to give myself to you so that I can be of service in your kingdom. Because God didn't anoint you to sit on a pew and not be a part of what he's doing. God anointed you so that you could serve. God anointed you so you could be a part of the kingdom of God. And you could bring to, to pass the things that God has desired for your family, for this church. God has anointed you for those purposes. And so today, I am preaching to you and I am telling you, you have a high and a holy calling on your life. Take heed. Let the anointing of God fall upon you in this service today. And when we pray and the anointing of the people comes upon you, get a hold of that and make up your mind that you will serve the Lord. If you greet people in this church, I thank God for you. It's not people, it's not pastors preaching that people walk out of here talking about. It's always, that's the friendliest church I've ever been in. I felt loved in that church today. If there is anything we hear, it's that. It's people are so excited to be in a place where they feel loved and accepted and welcomed. Thank you for your anointing. 
Thank you for pouring into the kingdom of God. Thank you for every... We have a safety team in this church, and, and um, you don't know it because we try not to make a big deal out of it. Uh, but with everything that's been going on um, around the country, aren't you glad to know we've got some folks who are taking our safety very serious? And so they are helping us, and they're, they're, they're being strategic about it, and I thank God for it. And um, sometimes if you walk in up during service and church is going and that back door is locked, don't be mad that back door is locked. There's a reason for that. They're trying to take care of our kids and different things, all right? And, and, and I thank God for those men that are serving on our safety team, and, you're, and you are protecting us. Thank you for loving the people of God and the house of God enough to watch out for us. I don't know what it is you're called to do, but whatever it is you're called to do, I thank you for it today because this church cannot make it without you and this church cannot have revival if we don't all work together. I end with this today. There are three attributes that God used to create the world. There are three things that the Bible said he used to create the world. And it's found in Proverbs 3, 19 and 20. The Bible says, The Lord by wisdom, everybody say wisdom, hath founded the earth by, everybody say understanding. By understanding hath he established the heavens. By his, everybody say knowledge. By his knowledge the depths are broken up and the clouds drop down the dew. It is those three things that God used in order to found the earth, establish the heavens, and break up the deep parts of the world. It is those three things that God used to put us in this environment that works. Isn't it amazing that you breathe in oxygen today? You breathe out carbon dioxide. And that goes in a plant somewhere is going to breathe in that carbon dioxide and it's going to breathe out oxygen. And, you're going to, and, it's a, and it's a cycle that keeps going. Isn't God awesome? And he's hung the earth just so. And, and we live on this planet that is inhabitable. And, and, and it's angled just the right way so you don't burn up. But it's also angled just the right way so that you don't freeze. Isn't it just incredible what God has done? That, that all this sits on this globe called the earth because of something called gravity. Isn't that amazing? What an incredible God we serve. And it was designed by the master. The skilled, the skilled master uh, artisan created this world by wisdom, by understanding, and by knowledge. And the Bible said that when God called Bezalel, he told Moses, he said, let me tell you about him. He said, I have filled him with the spirit of God in wisdom and in understanding and in knowledge. The three things that God used to create this world are the three things God put in Bezalel to, to begin to build that tabernacle. And they, they are the same three things that God is going to instill in your spirit today so that you can do the work of God wherever it is that you're called to work. You are going to be filled with the wisdom and the knowledge and the understanding of God. And God is going to cause you to be able to see things you didn't see before. And God's going to cause you to be able to pray things to pass, perhaps, that you wouldn't have known to pray before. God's getting ready to put his hand on you today. You are anointed to serve. 
Could we just lift our hands and thank God today that he anoints us to serve in his kingdom. I want to slow down here for just a second. And Brother Bill, if you'd come help me today. I want to slow down here for just a second to tell you something. I don't care how long you've been around this church. It's my desire that everybody would get to the place eventually where you're embracing the thing, all the things that not only the things that God asks of us, but the things that I as a pastor would ask of us. That's my desire. We all get to that point. And I know we're all in different places, and maybe everybody's not quite in the same place yet. I just want you to know it's my desire to eventually see everybody embracing those things. But let me tell you, it don't matter where you are. It doesn't matter how far along you are. It doesn't matter how old you are, where you come from. It doesn't matter if you've been in this church for seven and a half years or if you've been in this church for seven minutes. It doesn't matter to me. I'm asking everybody in this room today to find a place to serve God. Because serving God brings the anointing of God into your life. And if all you're content to do is sit on a pew, you can come enjoy these services. And you'll walk away and you'll probably say, man, we've got a great church. And that's, that's all well and good. But you're never going to feel the anointing of God. Like he wants you to feel his anointing until you make a decision to serve him. And so I'm asking and I am pleading that nobody in this church would make this their church that they just go to. Where do you go to church? I go to sanctuary. I go over to SC. No, I'm praying that everybody in this church would make it a point to say, I serve in my church. I serve at sanctuary. I'm involved at sanctuary. I am a nursery worker at sanctuary. I help with the kids ministry at sanctuary. I greet people every Sunday. You'll see me. I'll be there smiling at sanctuary. I follow up with our guests at sanctuary. I help with outreach at sanctuary. Whatever it is. Whatever it is, I pray that you would find a place to serve. And you don't have, there are some things that require perhaps a little bit more dedication and commitment. But you don't have to have been here for 70 years to serve in this church. We will find a place for you to serve. All you got to do is let us know I'm hungry to be involved. And we're working on a process right now in which to run you through to get you involved in serving in this church. So that it will be very easy and clear for you to follow it. But I'm asking and I'm pleading today. Is there anybody that wants to run this race with me? Is there anybody that wants to run this race? Is there anybody that wants to run this race with our youth pastor and his wife? Is there anybody that wants to run this race with our outreach, uh, Tracy, and, and those that work with her? Is there anybody that wants to run this race? However it may be. You're anointed to serve. And if you desire to serve God, I wish we could stand together today.
And I'm about to give an altar call and we'll pray and then we're going to do the other part of this service. But I'm going to, I'm not, I'm just going to ask you and I'm going to, I'm going to encourage you to do me a favor. If you please would do this pastor a favor today. It is my prayer that every single person in this room today will respond to what I have preached. And that you won't remain in your seat, but that you will make some move today. And step out from where you are. It may be into an aisle. It may be behind a back row back there. I don't care. But I want you to step out today. As a sign to the Lord. To say God I want to be a part of this church. And I want to be a part of helping this church. Fulfill your mission in this community. If that is how you feel today. Would you step out from where you are. Come gather around this front. Gather in the aisles. Whatever you've got to do. Please make room. Please don't. Please don't block an aisle. Please step all around this church today. And I want you to come and I want you to lift your hand toward heaven. And I want you to tell the Lord today that you are available. I want you to tell the Lord that you are available. To be used by Him. Thank you, church. We've still got some room right here. Somebody can come fill in these areas right up in here. We've got some room. Thank you, church. Thank you, church. Thank you, church. Thank you. Would you tell him today, God, I'm here today. Just like Moses went to that place where Bezalel was to talk to him. Well, God, you sent my pastor to talk to me today, and here I am. And as Bezalel said, I'm available. Then I'm saying the same today. Have your way in my life, God. Have your way in my life. I give myself. Would somebody give their self away right now? Oh, church, this is awesome. This is awesome. This is wonderful. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I give myself away. I give myself away so you can. I give myself. So you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now this is awesome. This is wonderful. I wish somebody would pray in the Holy Ghost right now. Would you pray in the Holy Ghost?
Hallelujah. 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 If you would today, I'm going to ask that you would just make your way back toward your seat. If you are a leader of a ministry in this church, and, and I don't have time to go through and name them all, you know. And if you're not sure if you are, but you're over a ministry of any sort, you stay up here. I need you up here. Um, our board members, I'd like our board members and their spouses uh, to come this morning as well. I give myself away. I give myself so you can use me. I give myself away. Bring your spouse with you too, please. Bring your spouse with you because they're a part of you. They help you. Andrew and Charlie, y'all come on. I give myself away. Sister Laura, Sister Laura, you come on. away Belinda yeah use me I give myself away oh yes so you can use me what you see before you today are a lot of people matter of fact um Brother Dub and Sister Linda, would y'all join me on the platform? And Brother Randall and Sister Carol, would y'all mind? What you see before you today are people who, uh, who are helping push this church forward every day. And I'm just going to tell you, you know this, because you, y'all know me, that I never forget a thing. See, some people are known for being great preachers, and I'm known for being the forgetter. You know me, and what this church is today and where it has come to, it's not me. It's all of this church pushing together that has got us to this point. And so these people lead us, and I'm thankful for every single one of them. I'm thankful for every single one of them. I'm not going to go through and start naming everybody's ministry, but, but everybody that, that contributes in this church, I want you to know this pastor is so very thankful for you. And this church, do we believe that? This church is thankful for you. So what I'd like us to do today is we're going to pray together. And babe, if you come join me up here, we're going to pray together. And um, I, want, I want our church to just stand together and extend your hands toward these. And I want you to pray that there would be another anointing come upon them. Not just the anointing of God, but also the anointing of the people. 
The Bible said the people even came together to anoint David after that God had already anointed him. I want you to pray that they'd be anointed, that you could put confidence in them and trust in them to lead our families and our church to heaven because there's a lot weighing on them. And a lot of them have a lot of things fall on them that are behind the scenes and you never see it. And I don't ever want them to become weary and well-doing. And I don't ever want them to, 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 to feel like they have to draw back. I want them to, to continue to keep those fires burning. And I want them to know that there are people in this church that support them. So would you reach your hands toward them and pray over them today. Ask the blessing and anointing of God to come upon them. In the name of Jesus. Lord, I pray for my sweet friends. And I, and I ask God for your blessing on them. Thank you for what they mean to this church and this pastor, God. For the way they direct us and they lead us and they give us stability. And they're, they're, some, they're a rock that we can lean on, God. I pray you anoint them and bless them, Lord. I pray, God, for Sister Carol, Brother Randall, God. I thank you for the support that they are. The fact, God, that we can depend on them and lean on them. And we know that they are a safe place in this church. I thank you, God. And I pray your anointing and blessing to be upon them. Lord, I pray for all of our leaders in this church today. They do anything to help push this church forward. I pray for them today, God. I pray your anointing on them, God. I pray our anointing on them, Lord. I pray, Jesus, that, that you would help us, God, to fulfill your will, to fulfill your call. Uh, I pray, God, that you would help us to see this church move forward. You would help us, God, to, to be a part of your kingdom in a way, Lord, that is, that is unprecedented. I pray in the name of Jesus that you would direct our steps, God, that you would speak to our hearts. I pray, Lord, that you would walk with us day by day by day. I pray, God, that you would help us to do the things that you have called us to do. I pray, Jesus, that you would help us, Lord, to accomplish the tasks that have been set before us. I pray in the name of Jesus, God, that we would do your will. I pray, Lord, that we'd be a team in this church. I pray we'd be a team that does it with excellence, God. That we would bring glory to your name. I pray, God, that you will use this church going forward in a mighty way. God, we are here today to serve you and to serve your kingdom. And so would you help us, God, to become all that you would have us to be. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Now, if you're here today and you serve in this church in any capacity, if you serve in this church in any capacity, would you stand together and would you make your way to the front right now? And we're going to pray over all of our volunteers, everybody who helps, everybody who does. And if you would, I tell you what, just kind of come spread across the front as much as we can. And, and Brother Randall, Sister Carol, and Brother Dub, and Sister Linda, if you will, would you just begin to walk through all of these and just lay a hand on them and pray for them? Ask God to be with them. No matter what your ministry is, no matter what you do around here, we're asking God to be with you. Lift your hands right now. Receive this in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus.
in the name of Jesus. I want you to pray like you understand that it, it's not dependent on you, but it's dependent upon the anointing of God flowing through you. I want you to pray like you know it's going to take something greater than what you are. In the name of Jesus. 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 Bind us together, Lord. Bind us together with cords that cannot be Bind us together, Lord. Bind us together, Lord. Bind us together with love. Would you sing that again? Oh, bind us together, Lord. Bind us together with cords that cannot be broken. Oh, bind us together, Lord. Bind us together, Lord. Bind us together with love hallelujah there's been something very wonderful in this place today and what we have just done this is a biblical thing i did i preached too long and and i'm sorry but I would have preached and I would have told you about the Bible said, the apostle said, go find seven men. Go find seven men full of wisdom and the Holy Ghost. Y'all said y'all were going to preach anyway, didn't you? <laughs> said find seven men full of wisdom and the Holy Ghost. And um, you're going to appoint them. They're going to be anointed and appointed. And they're going to do some things that you can't do. You're going to go give your you're going to give yourself to prayer, ministry of the word, but they're going to fill in some of the gaps. This is a Bible thing we're doing. God never expected one person to lead a church by himself. He expects a team to work together. And it takes a group of people 
There's got to be somebody that is, we understand that. There's only one pastor, and there's a final say. And we don't have to get into all that, because in this church, we don't struggle with that stuff. Praise the Lord. And thank you for that, and honoring me as your pastor. But this pastor can't do it all. It takes all of us working together. And I honor you, and I thank God for you. And there is not a day goes by that I am not praying for you. Thank you. May God richly bless you for all that you do. Let's give the Lord some praise. Some thanksgiving. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus, for what you've done in this house today. For the call of God that rests upon your people. Lord, we want to be a part of your kingdom. We want to be of service to you. And so the anointing we're asking for today, God, is that anointing to serve. So that when we get to heaven, we can hear it said, Well done, thou good and faithful servant. That's what we desire, Lord. We just want to serve. Thank you, Lord, that you care enough for us and that you see through enough of our rough edges to anoint us in spite of us. We'll give you everything we are, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. God bless you. Thank you for being here today. Please don't forget, this Monday night is family prayer. Tomorrow night, is family prayer at 7 o'clock. Everybody say family prayer. Family prayer. Leaders, it's good.